0: Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I will be continuing the Central Division preview for the 2023-2024 season. Uh, Part one, you can go back, subscribe to the show. You can listen to that. That's the Chicago Blackhawks, the Arizona Coyotes, the St. Louis Blues, and the Nashville Predators. In that order as we're going uh, inverse order of the standings. So uh, I guess the first half of each of these previews will be all the garbage teams. And then the the next ones will be the good teams. Is that is that how you see it too? Yeah, <laughs> that,
1: that, that's kind of what it looks like to me so far. Other
0: than <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to see like if we other divisions, I guess the Atlantic would be the one where you know the bottom four: Montreal, Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo. Probably three of those four teams have a legitimate shot at a playoff spot. I mean, I, like, would we, we'd be surprised if maybe one of those three didn't. Uh, make a good push for one. But, anyways, that's that's a different show. Uh, but the the central here we go into the uh, I'll say the powers of the central division, the the true powers of the central. That'd be Winnipeg, Minnesota, Dallas, and Colorado. And uh, Justin, before we jump into these four teams, uh, how are you feeling about the balance of power in the central? In the central. Do we feel like it's going to be relatively the same or do you feel like somebody is going to, going to reach up here and and take the mantle away from Colorado or, you know, is, is there something brewing here?
1: Well, I, I mean, I do think, you know, Dallas has kind of closed that gap as far as like, you know, last couple of years, obviously Colorado won the cup. Right. And there's been, you know, talks maybe the year or two before that where like, Colorado was a, a contender. Right. Um, and maybe the, you know, a, a perennial favorite to win this division. But I think Dallas has kind of closed that gap a little bit, but I think where the, the difference is this year versus maybe last year, I think the separation between those two, two top teams is much, much larger than the rest of the field. Right. So I think your Winnipegs, your Nashville's, have, you know, all in my mind have, are going to kind of take a step back and maybe sink a little further down in the standings and, you know, the, where maybe it was a little bit tighter, right. Over the last few years
0: yeah yeah i i here's what i think about uh about the top part of that division colorado won the division and for most of the year we were like "Mm, colorado's kind of they're kind of garbage this year because like yeah they'll make the playoffs but uh they're they're looking rather paltry because of all their injuries and what do you know they still won the division so uh we'll 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 dive more into that but i i think colorado's probably like if they could win the division last year with the injuries they had with a decently healthy squad i think that we're still looking at a colorado winning this division pretty handedly again um that's that's the way that i see it but but i at the same time i can appreciate what else is in this division because there are some there there's still some good teams and a lot of really high-end players on these four teams that uh, will all at least push for playoff spots and uh, and maybe more in this division. So uh, let's let's roll on Winnipeg. Uh, I, I don't think that we can start talking about Winnipeg without talking about the potential of Shifley and Hellebuck not being here come playoff time. Uh, so let's start there. What do you think? Like, are you thinking both these guys stay? Are both of them leaving? I know, like, basically both things seem to be on the table. So, what are you? What's your? Take out your crystal ball for a minute and uh, and give me your. we we're, we're post trade deadline. Where are we sitting here with this Jets team?
1: Yeah. I, so the big question is right. Where are they going to be pre trade deadline? Right. So um, you know. Let's obviously- assume that
0: they're in the playoff that they're like securely in the playoff race.
1: Okay. So if you're securely in a playoff race, right. Assuming that Hollabuck is still not going to re-sign with you. I think they keep him anyways, because one, really? he's, he's yes. One, he's going to, um, he's still going to want to put up, I mean, play his best, right. He's not going to half ass it or anything like that because he is in a contract here. He's going to want to go out there and prove it because we, we know that he wants that Vassy type money, right. That nine, nine and a half million dollar contract. And teams are very, very hesitant to give goaltenders that type of money these days, and so um, especially you know, gonna,
0: a guy that'll be thirty-one starting next season. You know, yes, where, whereas exactly. Vasilevsky was twenty-seven, I think, when he signed that deal with Tampa,
1: right? And maybe, maybe you could do that for four years, right? You could justify that a little bit more, saying, "Okay, cool, we're not on the hook long term." Uh, but still, you're still going to be hesitant to to pay that kind of money where most goaltenders. You know, we watched it last year with Aiden Hill. And you know, you know, Colorado before that, with you know, um, but again, you know, with Darcy Kemper. But all that aside, right? um, Teams are still going to be hesitant. But the other reason, but he's still
0: going to get at least a three or four year deal worth worth. Oh, absolutely. He's still going to get paid some good
1: money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But again, how much he gets paid is going to depend on his playoff performance. I think, if assuming Winnipeg gets in, right now, the other reason I think that they would keep him and hold on to him is because most goaltenders. Uh, don't really fetch a lot at the trade deadline, and I think most teams that looking for goaltenders at the deadline are teams that are securely planted in the playoff race. They usually have a decent number one, number one A, one B goaltender, so you don't really have to go out and find that hardcore starter, right? I mean, yeah, but when's you know, the last
0: maybe- time a a legitimate Vesna contender? Not like okay, when Mark Andre Fleury was traded at the deadline, sure he had won a Vesna. Yeah, he was he's a Hall of Famer, but He's very much in the twilight of his career. Uh, Connor Hellebuck is still one of the best goaltenders in the league. So, I mean, I, I feel like we're talking about something that is a very unique position because most of the time these goalies don't make it to market. They don't get traded, right?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and the other part of that is is right, injuries play a huge factor in this. So, you know, teams are gonna have injuries with goaltenders, and that's why you see a lot of teams stocking up on two or three goaltenders. I mean, hell look at Carolina, right? They're rolling a three headed monster. Sure. And and so that that's gonna be a, a common theme. And so the one team I, I will say that that might be willing to pay a more lofty price for a goaltender like this might be a team like Buffalo, who's going to strive to get in, right? We we know Devin Levi is going to be gonna be in the mix there, but you know, he's still a rookie. He's still a young kid, so who knows what kind of, you Yeah, know. do
0: you want him playing more than, like, 40, 45 games? Probably not.
1: Right. So, you know, maybe they're, you know, fighting for a playoff spot, and they, they take a swing at a guy like, you know, Connor Hollabuck a little bit more. And, you know, but, again, he also comes with a higher salary price. So, um, you know, that AAV north of $6 bucks is going well, through
0: 3.05, I guess, is what you'd get him at if you uh, traded for him, right? Sure. Well, Just yeah. Just at you the could, deadline for the one so you year.
1: You could. Yeah, you could keep some, you know, some of that, retain a little bit of salary, but still, teams are going to be. Uh, it's going to be harder for teams to fit that sure. salary cap, and for a goaltender, unless you desperately need somebody, right? Like, say, for example, if you someone know, goes Tampa, down,
0: somebody's injured, yeah, then, like then Tampa it's, Bay, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Bassey goes down, he's injured. They'll be willing to maybe to to put up, you know, a little bit more capital to get a guy like that, right? So um, apparently,
0: the aside, asking price is absurd for Hellebuck right
1: now. Well, I'm sure it is. But you know what? Come trade deadline time, if Winnipeg's out of it they'll they'll gladly listen to offers and i think you know they could be more than willing to take on you know a young prospect maybe a second round pick or something and and make it a little bit more reasonable and palatable for other teams to sign now i will say the one guy like so we we already know Hallbuck is pretty much came out and said like i'm i'm really not signing here. no. Like, I'm, no I'm now, now
0: the thing is that he's uh he he's taken the time he's taken the summer and he's open to uh, he's open to signing an extension now if if they if they uh, if he likes what they have to say about the future,
1: right? And that's what I was going to get to, right? So, so now you've you've let it, you know, kind of simmer for the summer, and you found out that your agent has come back and said, "Well, shit, there's not a lot of teams that are going to pay you nine million bucks." So, um, but Winnipeg go. will, <laughs> yeah, but maybe Winnipeg will because they're desperate to keep you. They know what value you brought to this franchise, right? So it's not like you know, okay, cool, you can go play in San Jose if you want. They'll they'll give you some money. Or maybe a team like, uh, God, I don't even know, um, you know, you could maybe throw out, you know, Montreal there, right, where they're they're getting on the cusp. Of well, how about to make Chicago? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So th- there's another team, Speed right? Speed
0: up but- your rebuild. I mean, you get, you have another bad, you know, bad year this year. You get another high draft pick and then you go bring Connor Hellebuck in and you start to bring in a few guys. You could, you could turn things around quick like sure. New York did. Remember New York was uh, Hey, we're going to be bad for a second. And they flipped things around real quick with, uh, with Shusterkin coming in.
1: <laughs> they also, I mean, they also had a lot more, you know, nhl already players, but sure. all that aside, well, they right? signed
0: Panarin, you know, and, and could you go out and you sign a, a high end player being Chicago, you know, that's a place where a lot of guys want to go. So
1: yeah, sure. But, but all that aside, I, I do think Hollabuck still wants to play for a contender. He's not, you know, looking to go for a rebuild by, you know, the vibes I'm getting. So, um, yeah, this, this, I mean, it, so, it, so to answer your question, if Winnipeg's in a playoff spot, I think they do hang on to him almost like a trade acquisition. Uh, but on the flip side, I do think Mark Shifley could be on his way out because he is going to fetch you a King's ransom. And I only say that because, um, you know, he's quietly been a player who, you know, again, center is always a position of of need for any team and teams are always looking to acquire guys, especially, you know, teams that want guys who can put up 40 goals, right. And play that center position and add depth there. So, um, yeah, he's going to, you know, again, I don't know what his asking price is going to be, um, you know, for his next contract. And if teams are willing to, I got to think he's looking
0: at like a similar Bo Horvat kind of deal. That would be my assumption, right? Like Barzell Horvat Larkin. He's in that kind of tier of player.
1: I agree with you. But the, the difference is he's much older. So, um, you know, he's going to try to cash in as much as possible because he's probably only going to get a five or six year deal out of it.
0: Yes. a Five or six year deal. But the AAV is going to be the same. That's, that's all I mean. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. I don't think you're giving Shifley an eight year deal unless you're giving him an eight year deal. If it means that he signs for eight, like eight times eight, then you okay. could give yeah. him that eight year deal because you're, you know, kicking the can down the, and you're assuming that, yeah, we can put him on LTIR and six year. Who cares? I mean, to be honest, who cares about six years from now? <laughs> like, you want Mark Strifely. If you could get Mark Streifle at $8 bucks for the next five years, you can deal with the last three and figure that out. Um, probably because at some point you're going to have to rebuild. Totally break it down. But right now... Well, that's the thing.
1: They need to rebuild now.
0: I don't, don't know we? that they're... But think about what they just dealt. Pierre-Luc Dubois, what did they bring back? They brought back a 24-year-old Gabe Velarde. They brought. They signed Vladislav Nemesnikov. They got 29-year-old Alex Ayofalo. Like This is not a team that is rebuilding. This is a team that went, all right, Luke du, Pierre-Luc Dubois doesn't want to be here. We're going to bring in other good players in return. Instead of getting draft picks, instead of getting prospects, they got roster players. So to me, this is not a team that's going to rebuild. This is a team that's going for it again. And uh, I, I think they're trying to convince Shifley and Hellebuck without Wheeler here, this team will look a lot different and uh, we can be contenders. I, I think that they felt like Wheeler was a big problem in their locker room and uh, things needed to be reset. And I think at least from a locker room perspective, this team should be different.
1: Well, I sure hope so, but, but here's the the flip side of that, right? I, you know, the reason why I do think Shifley might end up staying and they might end up paying a little bit more to keep him is because they don't have center depth, right? So you've got Mark Shifley, ideally as your number one center, uh, Gabe Velarde, he, you know, he's not traditionally a center. He played a lot of wing, uh, you know, he played on the right wing with, with LA. So, you know, is he going to slot in as your number two center? I don't know, but then you've got Adam Lowry who can ideally slot in at that number three spot. And, you know, maybe you, 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 throw in, oh, gosh, uh, I don't even know, you know, Nemestikov or somebody else in that, that four spot. But, um, you know, regardless, you know, beyond that, there's not a lot of depth to their center position. And, yeah, maybe they got a guy like Brad Lambert who's coming up here in the future, but he's not really ready. Right, right. And, you know, and so on. Yeah, if you, you know, lose again, Shifley and pierre Luke
0: Pierre-Luc Dubois in a 12-month span, that's a big hit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and at that point, you might as well rebuild, right? So um,
0: Yeah, I, I this is the way I think it'll go. I think between Shifley and Hellebuck, I think either both of them stay or both of them go, because I think that Shifley signing is going to be contingent on Hellebuck signing and vice versa. I got to think they're both like. I mean, why would I? Why would Shifley sign here if Hellebuck leaves? And why would I mean he maybe even more so? Why would Hellebuck sign here if Shifley leaves for nothing? <laughs> and when you look at this team without Shifley, it's scary. So, I I I think that. Their futures are probably very much tied, um, and I'm yeah. I'm leaning towards them uh, them staying. Actually, okay. I, that's that's my my gut feel. They'll both stay. They'll both be willing to pay them, and uh, they they've got the cap space for next year to pay them too. And the cap is only going to shoot up by quite a bit next year. So it'll. I mean, I I wonder. Are you? would you be comfortable Mark Shifley at five times 10? Oh, because well, five, like 10, you know, 10 million is probably more like what? 13% of that cap or something like that. So like, it's all about the percentages, right? Like, yeah, ten ten million 10 million this year in, in the cap hit is different than when it goes up 4 million next year. You know, that's the, it's more about the percentage. So, are you would you be comfortable paying Shifley uh, like twelve, thirteen percent of the cap?
1: Yeah, I I don't think I'm giving him ten million a season. Okay. I, I again I, I get it. Forty goal scores at center are, are very rare, but I don't see him as a point per game guy anymore. I think he's he's more or less going to be that seventy point player again. It, it kind of you know on comparison, like you said with the Bo Horvats and the Dylan Larkins, where they're going to be close to that point per game, but. Not really there and and to be quite honest, I don't think shifley plays you know as great of a two a game as some of those other names we mentioned, so I think you know again that's that's got to take a hit to him a little bit more he's he's definitely a little bit more offensively gifted than maybe a you know a Dylan Larkin but or at least had that potential um so I don't know it's 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 tough to pay pay him more than I guess you know than those other guys right now
0: in my yeah. opinion yeah so uh I mean what 12, 12% of the cap next year is 10.5 million. So it's, it's basically like 11% of the cap, which uh, the most anybody's making right now on Winnipeg's Kyle Connor at 8.6% of the cap for this year. But 10% isn't too bad, you know, when you consider maybe some other, um, other guys, what they've been at, like Sebastian Ajo right, like, for this next season, he's at 10.1% of the cap. Are we willing to put, like, maybe Shifley's a little bit below that, right? A little below But he has
1: leverage, though. He's got leverage, because they don't have anybody else at center, so.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's not, maybe not crazy to think that he'd sign for 10 million bucks.
1: Yeah, you you couldn't be f- too far off there, and, <laughs> and I was taking a peek, too. I mean, I, I also think about Hollerbuck, and I look at these, the free agent goaltender list for next season, and it's pretty, pretty sticking poor. I mean, really the, the top names up there besides Hallibuck are, are going to be, you know, Ilya Samson off Mark Andre Fleury, um, you know, anti-rotna and you know, maybe your Jonathan quicks, Casey De Smiths. And that's about it. Yeah. So,
0: you're like, yeah. The, the guys that are signed to one year deals anyways.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, really it's, it's gotta be a Halibuck market right now. I mean, he's the premier name out there.
0: Yeah. I just, I don't think there's that many teams willing to give a goalie $10 million a year.
1: No, I agree with you. It's going to be tough. It's just, I think, you know, a Bobrovsky kind of ruined it, I think, for a lot of people. Right. Because, and Price, you know, to
0: a certain extent. You know, yeah, they signed him at an older age, and then he kind of fell apart. And now Montreal, granted, it, it, it in the end, it wouldn't matter towards their salary cap if they needed it. But, I mean, that's a lot of money to pay a guy to be injured. You know, a lot of teams... Would not like the idea of paying somebody ten and a half million dollars to do nothing.
1: Right,
0: and I, I don't blame them. So yeah, yeah, I think the deals will be much shorter. Would be my assumption. Uh, I don't think I'm giving Hellebuck unless he's signing like a seven million dollar deal for eight years. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep him at like three or four years. So you're probably going to have to give him that fifth year, but. Um, I could stomach that. If it means that he gives you like two or three year more chances at the Cup, I mean, that's kind of the... It's like the Florida factor, right? People are going to look at the Panthers and go, well, look, they got hot goaltending and they went to the finals. Like, it happens every few years, so why not us kind of thing. No. Um, yeah. Where do you think Winnipeg is sitting when all is said and done? Do you, Like, first off, do they keep one or both of those guys, and are they in the playoffs next year?
1: Yeah, I personally, I think they're going to lose one of them. I don't think both. I think they'll overpay for for one of them to stick around. Um, Now, again, I I could be completely off off base here. I have nothing to really base that on, Uh, no insider information or anything. Just my gut feeling is one of those guys are going to walk. But ultimately, I I do think they – they kind of hover around that four or five spot, I think, by the end of the season. Again, um, you know, wouldn't shock me if they stay right where they are. But do I think they're a playoff a playoff team? Um, no, I don't. Okay. I, I think they'll they'll take a step back. Now, I like Gabe Bellardi. I like Alex Iofalo and the additions they made. But I think that lack of center depth is going to hurt them a little bit. And um, you know, again, I I don't know if you know Scheifele going to be you know over a point per game kind of guy. And you know, it, it, you could you could tell they just. You know, again, it, without Blake Wheeler, I'm not sure what kind of effect that's going to have in the locker room yet. Now, again, it, I have a feeling it'll be a positive effect, but how, you know, how much does that really alter their their team chemistry? I don't really know, so we'll we'll wait and see how that one plays out. But for now, I'm going to pl- err on the side of caution and say that they pretty much miss the playoffs and finish around that four or five spot.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm I'm going to bet on Hellebuck. Even if he's there just till the trade deadline, it's probably going to be enough to get them pretty darn close to the playoffs. So, I I, I think they'll. If, if what you predict just ends up being true, that like if they're in the race, they'll keep Hellebuck, then I just can't see this team making, the, missing the playoffs based on what else is in this division, too. Uh, I think a lot of this division got a little weaker. So I think Winnipeg's, Winnipeg is, is in a position to make the playoffs. And hey, with good goaltending and out of a lot of these teams that are in a good position salary cap wise, or, like with actual money available to them. Um, they're one of the better teams with the most space. You know, I, by the time the deadline comes around, I think they're at like uh like eight or 9 million in deadline space if they stay where they're at right now. So <clears throat> that can,
1: yeah, that's a good point.
0: That can make a big difference. That's, you know, Hey, if you, if you are like, let's keep shifley, let's keep Hellebuck. We go on a good run. Maybe it'll convince them to stay here. We're going to go out and we're going to, plug away at a free agent and, and we're going to, you know, try to quote unquote win now. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of guys out there that, yeah, it's so hard to, to know at this stage of the game, Well, there's still guys that could be available um, or could sign contract extensions rather, but you know, depending on where teams are at, there'll be some decent players potentially available at the deadline. So um, uh, I think that's always something to keep an eye out for. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the Minnesota wild, the wild last year at, uh, 103 points. And it was kind of their last year of having some cap flexibility and they are beginning to enter into what many have predicted would be a, a pretty intense cap hell for the Minnesota wild for a few years. Um, uh, but. I would say that all, given all the circumstances around their their cap situation, they're doing pretty darn well with it. What, how do you feel about the Minnesota Wild coming into this next year?
1: Um, yeah, I I don't know how I feel about Minnesota. They're a team that could go really, in my opinion, either way. Right? Um, look, you you got Matt Boldy's contract kicking off. Um, I like him, you know, and I'm hoping that again he takes another step this season because he looked. Really, really good last year, and I think he could, you know, thirty-one goals, thirty-two assists for sixty-three yeah. points. I think he can still uh, grow a little bit more, and so maybe he hits that seventy-point plateau um, or seventy, you know, point, you know, um, spot. Anyways, I don't know how you want to get there, thirty-five and thirty-five, whatever.
0: My guess is that seven million dollar cap hit's going to look real good in a couple
1: years. Yeah, very well could. I mean, he's only twenty-two, so he's got, right. you know, still his prime years ahead of him. So. You're you're not too far off about that, but again, I still have the same concerns this season that I had last year, and it's it's the lack of center depth. Yeah. Um. I know Joel Eriksson is you know probably slated to be their number one center, but um, in my opinion, he's probably better suited in a number two spot. Um, Marco Rossi comes in, and you know I don't I yeah you know, I'm sure he's going to make the team out of out of camp this year, and they're not you know going to send him back down or playing for a limited number of games. Well, injuries, this is all like to, make
0: or break, right? Like this is the, is Marco Rossi, like- the, like that guy who, Hey, you were a high draft pick. You had a lot going for you and it just isn't working out in the NHL level. Cause he keeps scoring at the AHL level, right? You think it's going to, going to work out here in the NHL level, but it just hasn't. So that's the, that's, that's the, the biggest question mark for them. Like if he can get going and be anything uh, that's a huge win for the wild.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what they they need to start him off. I know they had Sam Steele, you know, playing the number 1 center spot and they obviously didn't retain him. But uh, you well, know, Ryan
0: Hartman was their number 1 center going into last year. Right? Yes. And then he got hurt and things were a mess there for a little bit, but they they held it all together. Um but I mean, hey, remember 2 years ago Ryan Hartman coming off of a 34 goal, 65 point season. Uh, which blew away any previous career numbers he had had, um, and in fifty five, fifty nine games, uh, thirty seven points this is pretty much right on track with that. Not not too far off of that, and he had a point per game in the playoffs. So don't forget about Ryan Hartman, uh, who could who's going to be in this top six too.
1: Very true, very true. But but here is my biggest question mark. Right? Obviously, maybe Rossi gets in there and 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 slides in pretty well in the number one spot. But you know, besides Kaprizov and and boldy who we talked about put up 30 this year who else is scoring goals for this team because you, you look at the numbers from last year and they only had eight guys score 10 or more more goals and really only had four guys that score, scored 20 or more so um you know they ended up finishing right above the wings at 23 in the league at as far as goals for per game so really the we know the goal scoring is lacking um you know and obviously kaprizov is 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 the thrill the money right i mean he's he's legit there's no question about his gameplay but um someone's got to score goals on that team and uh you know it's if he goes down for any reason this could be a disaster of a season for minnesota obviously and you know having that that those cap hits at 14 million bucks of Souter and parise is not going to help your your deadline ability to to bring in some help so you're you're kind of ride or die by you know boldy and caprice out there scoring goals for you
0: yep very 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 true um yeah, there's. I mean, there's just not a whole lot of help coming in at the deadline. They they it looks like uh, cap friendly has them at seven point six million at the deadline, which, um, you know, you never know about injuries and like any injury you have where you can place a guy in LTIR, it does it does contribute to that number going up over time sure. throughout the year. Uh, so I mean, it's not as if they couldn't bring somebody in for the the one year, but like. The problem to me with Minnesota, which has really been an issue for, frankly, for as long as I can remember, with this particular group, is that they're good enough to make the playoffs. They, I mean, they always make the playoffs. Uh, but beyond that, they they aren't a team where you're like confident they're even going to win a round. Like this is a playoff <laughs> team. But to me, I look at this team, and I, I mean, they're a playoff team, of course, barring barring major injury, which. I mean, let's be honest. Any team has their best player go down for any length of time. It's going to hurt. Right. But barring injury, I think this is a playoff team, but I can't see them beating anybody (laughs) in the come playoff time. Like I just don't. And if they do, they win around like they're, they're not a team that I think are are big threats to go very far. I don't love their back end. That's probably the biggest issue to me. Um, And as you know, offensively stunted as Matt Dumba was, I think that he was a pretty important part of this defense core. And now you're kind of piecing it together. Spurgeon Brodine, you know, Middleton was good on the power play for a little while, but, um, you know, Brock Faber coming in, he looked, looked decent last year. We'll see if he can continue that trend, but I don't love this back end, And and that would be the thing that maybe scares me actually the most, like their forward groups. Okay. But, the back end who's going to get these guys the puck
1: I agree with you yeah Spurgeon's it and if he's not doing it it's it's no one else and that's that's a big concern right and you talked about the playoff thing right I I just I look at this division and, and as much as I think the teams below Minnesota in the standings are getting weaker uh, maybe outside of Arizona and you know Chicago maybe taking some more steps with their additions this offseason but they're not going to make the playoffs so you have to assume that minnesota is probably going to fall in that number three spot so either way they've got to play dallas or colorado first round and it just like you said it they have not been very good in the playoffs and it just doesn't look like it's going to go in their favor at all again this year
0: yep exactly yeah i don't see them beating the they they just have never really been better than most of the teams in their division you know you're just like you're never the best team in the division right and that's, I mean, hey, they're they're good enough to make the playoffs, and I guess there's always the potential your goalie gets hot kind of thing, but you can't you can't survive on that long term. Like that's just not not a way to build a, a team. But um, yeah, I mean, when a, Minnesota always makes you like punishes you in the playoffs, you're always going to leave with injuries, but they they don't actually win the series very often. So that's the that's the big issue for them, and uh, I. I think we're probably looking at a team similar the following year that continues this trend of, Hey, there's, you know, there's some good players here. This is probably a playoff team, but they can't really build something great until they get the $15 million back from (laughs) those buyouts. So it's funny. It's almost like they should have rebuilt, but they weren't in a position to rebuild. So they should have just, I don't know. Should have just kept those guys. I don't know. I don't know. It's a was a strange, a strange time. Uh, but I guess maybe in three years you'll look back and go, "Wow, that was genius." They won the cup the year after those ex- those ended. So if they do, then I'll I'll eat crow happily. Um, all right, should we move on to the Dallas Stars?
1: Let's go.
0: All right, uh, Dallas Stars finished second in this division. Last year, one point out of the top spot, and it, it looked like they maybe were going to take that top spot uh, towards the end of the season. There, they went eight and two, won their last six games. They were rolling, but Colorado just kept on winning as well, and they they couldn't uh, snap that top spot. But hey, it actually it all worked out for everybody because Colorado lost in the first round, and uh, Dallas got to skinny past the Minnesota Wild. Um, their big move was bringing in. Matt Duchesne at $3 million, which is fantastic. Uh, How do you feel about the Stars going into this year?
1: Oh, I'm excited. I've already got them penciled in as my division winner.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, you got to think that these younger guys are going to keep on taking steps, right? Like Hintz and Robertson. I mean, Wyatt Johnston, Heiskanen. Heiskanen, I think, was like, I'm not satisfied unless I'm winning the Norris. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do this year.
1: Yep, I've already got him penciled in as a top three Norris finalist, uh, for sure. I just, I love his game. I love everything he does. And, um, you know, I, I do have some other concerns as far as maybe their depth on the back end when you get past like Lindell and Heiskanen, um, you know, maybe long-term, I don't know, maybe, you know, a guy like Lundqvist or, or, you know, Hanley or I'm sorry, Harley might, you know, might grow a little bit and, you know, take another step and prove me wrong, which would be great. But, um, you know, again, when you talk about young guys like Ty DeLandria, Wyatt Johnson taking the next step, right, I think the, the beautiful thing about bringing in Matt Duchesne and then bringing back Evgeny Dadinoff is, is you don't have to rush these guys and pressure them to be great. Um, yeah, they don't have
0: them... to go way up in the lineup.
1: Right, exactly. You can still put them on your third line, uh, you know, maybe move them up and down on your second line too at times if you want to. Um, but allow the guys like Duchesne and Dadinoff to really carry the load or the pressure per se Uh, A little bit more for some of these younger guys, because again, we know Duchesne got, you know, got bought out and, uh, you know, obviously signed for a discount because he's getting two two paychecks uh, this year. So, you know, he's going to want to want to still prove that he's got something left to offer a team. He's in a contract year. So um, while I do think he's going to stay the whole season with with Dallas, um, I think he's still going to be a very good player. I think at least I have to imagine he's probably going to put up at least 60 points this season with Dallas, just the talent they have around him. That maybe he didn't have in Nashville up and down the lineup as as far as depth is concerned with this team.
0: Okay, yeah, and they definitely play a now with uh, you know with Peter DeBoer in there, they play a much more open, like freewheeling style than they did uh, previous. So I I think his opportunity to score some points is going to be pretty high. He'll he'll probably get PP two time.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe
0: even PP1. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he can dish the puck pretty well, so you've got some snipers on there. You know, you wouldn't mind having him feeding Jason Robertson here and there on the on the power play as well. And, I mean, the thing for Dallas is that anyone on this team can go down with an injury and you have somebody who can slot up into their spot. And that is just a wonderful thing to have. They're in a really good position. I would agree. I, I think that this is – I mean, they're 1-2 with Colorado who 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 finishes – one or two, uh, that's it's certainly going to be close, but I I really like Dallas's depth. I think Dallas's depth is better than Colorado, but I do think that Colorado's high end players are better than uh than Dallas's. Like I'm taking McCarr over Heiskanen. I'm taking McKinnon over Robertson or Hints, whatever you want to say, and and I'm taking uh. Wrist oh my gosh. Rantanen. I was like, it's not uh, not wrist aligning that's what was coming to my brain. Uh yeah, I'm taking Rantin over Robertson right now. So uh well maybe that's the one that long term I'm taking Robertson. But I think in a in a uh who would I yeah, I guess maybe that's the one where Robertson. Yeah, I'm taking Robertson over.
1: <laughs> well call him an even swap, right? But you still I'm still gonna take McKinnon over hence any day. Yeah. So yeah. Um yeah. So I, I agree with you 100. percent The only area I think where you look at, you know, the ability to have high end talent that better Colorado, that's better than Colorado's, is in goal. I think Ottinger I'll take all day over Gorgiev. So
0: yeah, um, but Ottinger really he he had some he had a weird playoff. He had a really
1: weird playoff,
0: and and uh, that that was the only thing that would worry me. But I, I think he'll bounce back and he'll uh, he'll be right back to doing what he did. But yeah, I. I wonder, you know, after seeing all the really good goalies and how, how far teams went with great goaltending last playoffs, it does make you wonder, like, was Colorado winning the cup with uh, with Kemper more of an anomaly than anything? Like, sure, you, when you're a really great team, you can win with a, a a 1B, 1A, you know, like not necessarily a pure number one goalie, but a lot of teams need that guy to win. Although I guess Vegas didn't. So. <laughs> so there's that.
1: Well, Vegas did it with Aiden Hill, man. He came in and shut the door. Yeah, oh. yeah.
0: but he, like, he was fantastic. I wouldn't say that Kemper was necessarily the reason that Colorado won the cup. Um, Aiden Hill, I don't think that Vegas wins the cup without him. So
1: No, I agree with you 100%. 100%. That
0: would be the difference to me. Okay. Um, well, yeah, the Dallas Stars, Any anything else that you want to uh, point out before we move on from the Stars?
1: Uh, no, I, again, they're they're penciled in as my division winner here, so clearly we know where that that kind of puts Colorado. Then
0: I definitely want to see Mason Marchment, uh, kind of trend back towards where he was in Dallas when he put up you know forty or in Florida, sorry, when he put up forty seven points in fifty four games. Yeah, so,
1: and maybe he finds chemistry with Duchesne, right? Maybe those two just click. Okay, and there you go. Now he's got a guy to go. play with. So
0: and you know possibly you're getting used to a new system, and you're getting new used to a new city. You know, many, many things that can factor into a guy having a a lesser first year with the team. I mean, it's not the first time it's ever happened, that's for sure. So, uh, I I would think that he'll have a better year and a better start than he did last year. Um, Okay, let's go to the 2023 division winners of the Central, the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, A disappointing end to their season, losing to the Seattle Kraken in seven games. But I think expectations are once again high. I know that Landis Cog's out, but they bring in Ryan Johansson, uh, Ross Colton, Miles Wood, who signed a ridiculous deal. Uh, <laughs> what so was it? Seven seven times 2.5 for Miles 25 Wood. 25 years. Yeah, 25 years. Right, right. If they could have, <laughs> if they could have, they would have signed him to, to a league minimum for 25 years. There you go. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that was, you know, they they basically shored up their forward group by going well. We're not going to have Landeskog all year long, so it's Johansson, Colton, Wood, and do and oh, and Drew Ann. Drew in who was uh, that was one of your top top moves of the deadline wasn't or of the uh, off season.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: what are you most looking forward to with this team?
1: Well, I mean, uh, again, I think when you look at the talent they have up front, right. Rantanen, McKinnon, Makar, these high-end players that they have, what I'm looking forward to this team is how the depth finishes at the end of the year, right? So, um, you know, we know that, you know, not losing Nazem Kadri really hurt them. And then they, you know, JT Confer comes in and kind of fills in on that second-line center spot. And, you know, he, he obviously signs in Detroit and has – he had a pretty decent year. And, you know, uh, whether or not he's going to replicate that in Detroit is a whole other question. But can now the, the, the pieces they brought in to – you know, hopefully provide that center depth and, you know, just depth scoring in general, are these guys going to do it? And that's, that's what I'm looking forward to more than anything this season. You know, our guys like Ryan Johansson, Russ Colton and Jonathan drew and going to fill in that, that missing depth scoring that they've been lacking, you know, last year. And, and, you know, since they won the cup basically.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, by the way uh, it was actually just six hours ago that uh, this article was posted that uh, Pierre Lebrun, interviewing GM Chris McFarlane for the avalanche uh, and was asked if he might come back for the playoffs. And uh, they said, you know, we, it's hard to put a timeline on it, but he, uh, we, we do expect him to miss the regular season, but I wouldn't bet against him is what he said. So, you know, possibly there's that, that playoff possibility, you know, I mean, it's, it's, Hey, that's in that's in like seven months <laughs> you, you I guess you'd in some some respects you're like I mean if you're not going to be good in seven months from net again I mean as uh, was gay land played his last game kind of thing like it's going to be it's going to be real interesting um, if he ever plays again but if he's going to play again why not in the playoffs why not in the playoffs why not Um. Yeah. Three knee surgeries in 15 months. That's, that does not sound fun. That does not sound fun at all. Um, but I think regular season wise, I think this team is has actually put themselves in a better position than they were last year. You know, of course they didn't know. I don't think that Landis cog would be out as long as he ended up being out, um, during the off season. So they, they weren't expecting to have all that money off their books, this off season they knew. And I think when you look at this, you can tell, like they went out and they said, we're never going to find a Landis Cog, but we can get three guys who can, uh, shore us up, give us depth throughout our forward lineup, which is something that they really haven't had other than, you know, after the trade deadline, before they won the cup, when they, you know, brought in everybody, <laughs> but that kind of depth only comes after the trade deadline. So headed into a regular season, um, their depth actually looks pretty solid uh, through their top nine and their forward group and on defense. Yeah. So uh, I
1: agree with you. I but, think, uh, man, no, go ahead.
0: No, no, go for it.
1: Uh, I was just going to say, I, you know what? I just, I just really looking forward and hoping that Jonathan drew in and McKinnon get that junior hockey chemistry back mm. a little bit. So,
0: yeah, you know, I want, and if you think about, I mean, that was, that was uh 11 years ago. When they last played together in, uh, was it Moosehead? Is that what they played?
1: Yeah, Halifax.
0: Moose Jaw. Yeah. Um, so eleven years ago, hockey was a tidbit different, you know, in terms of the speed that it was played at. And I think that's where Jonathan Drew in is is kind of uh, has has found struggles, is that like he just isn't fast <laughs> the way that uh, maybe he he you would like him to be. Uh, in today's game. And so that'll be, I think the, the number one thing and maybe playing with McKinnon, who is fast as anybody in the league outside of McDavid, maybe, uh, maybe he makes up for that speed. And if you can get them going together, it could be really fun. Like, do we all hope, uh, honestly, like from a, just like a human standpoint, I hope that he kills it. I hope Ann walks in there and is the perfect line mate for McKinnon. And, you know no offense to landiscog but like we don't even notice that landiscog isn't there like that would be that would be awesome it would be so great to see him um at age 28 have this kind of comeback year and it be on the back of nathan mckinnon it would be great to see that's the kind of stuff i live for
1: <laughs> yeah why not right i mean and potentially i mean again you, you look at dallas and colorado there at the top and i think those two teams are at a much higher level than the rest of the, this division. So those guys are going to be battling all year for that number, you know, that number one spot in the division. And so, yeah. um, boy, oh boy, I, I think that's going to make for some interesting races. And I think, you know, ultimately, you know, I, I think Colorado's forward depth is going to shine up a little bit more. I think, you know, again, Ryan Johansson last year, you know, the, the totals that he put up, I, I think he can get closer to a 50, you know, maybe back to that 60 point player. He was in 21, 22. And, and, you know, same with Druin, too. I think, you know, again, you know, putting up 20-ish points, I think you can do better, you know. And so maybe, you know, you get him back to that 50-point guy he was. Do better. Do Yeah, but like my buddy always do says. Do better. You know, he's always saying, play better, play better. And play. so I think these guys are just going to play better You know, And, the, th-
0: and the, the thing is that even if Ryan Johansson could put up 45 points, I think you're in a good place. Like, I, I really do. I think that you've you know he's he if he's healthy all year he puts up 45 points he scores maybe 15 to 18 goals and and he can be ready for the playoffs and he's fitting in and is kind of filling that role of um playing playing good defensive hockey as well i i think you're okay with that like to me he doesn't i mean of course if he can put up sixty points, great. <laughs> you know that's uh, that's icing on the cake. But as long as he's in that forty-five to fifty-point range, I'm pretty pleased with uh, that ap- acquisition. Especially at four million bucks, it's not
1: bad. Yeah, and I, I think the other plus side of this is too is you have Russ Colton there. You know, potentially slotted in at your third line center spot. Well, if for some reason you know Johansson's just not producing the way we want, you now have that option to maybe swap those guys. You know, maybe move Colton up to that second line. Where last year really, like you, you were rider dieting with with McKinnon and and JT Comfort down the middle, and that was it.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Now, I do want to just take a take a quick second to to talk goalies here. Uh, I know you're not going to be mad about that. Uh, <laughs> last year, Georgiev and Frank Kuz were, I, I think, they exceeded expectations. I mean, Georgiev had basically his best season of his of his career. Uh, a 919 save percentage, best of his career. He played fine in the playoffs. I had no issues with how he actually played. Um, I think Colorado were just out-depth by the Seattle Kraken, and it was kind of a, it was one of those destiny years. You know, like Colorado was destined to lose, and Seattle was just destined to, to skate on and, and win that. Um, I don't blame Georgiev for the loss. Um, and Frank Kuz was was decent in in backup in the 16 games that he did play in. Uh, I uh, I'm, There's a few other games that other goalies played for Colorado, but uh, Georgiev played a good amount of games, I mean, 62 games for the Avs. That was basically double his previous career high at 34. So do you think once again we walk into the playoffs – With Georgiev playing sixty-two games, or are we looking at a more balanced approach? Because Frank Kuz was pretty good in the regular season, too, nine fifteen save percentage.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is gonna be a team that's going to maybe ride the hot hand a little bit more. I mean, obviously Gorgiev is the starter. He's clearly you know planted in that number one spot. But I would like to see Frank Kuz get closer to thirty games this season. I think I would I wouldn't mind seeing a a fifty-five, you know, twenty-five split, something like that. Um, because again, you you, you know you're going to be in, you know, in the playoffs. You know you're going to be hunting that right. cup. And so you want Gorgiev as fresh as possible. Yeah, numbers um, did
0: drop a little in the – like again, I don't blame him for the playoff loss, but his numbers did drop in the playoffs. And usually that isn't something that you see, especially when a team wins. Like when you have a team that wins in the playoffs, usually the goalies' save percentage is higher than their regular season because in the playoffs, you know, goals dry up a little bit. So I think that it's telling, come playoff time, he did slide a little bit. And I th- I think that probably says, hey, he played too many games. I mean, he played 69 games. Uh, that's also, you know, I don't know. Games play. I'm just on Cap Friendly. Um, I don't know if, ga- <laughs> if games played means games started, or if that's just like games he got into.
1: No, it's just games you got into. Yeah, but. okay.
0: But, I mean, either way, I mean, 62 games, it's, it's a lot of minutes. I and mean, he basically played 70, close to 70 games last year. That's a lot, of, a lot of games for a guy who the most he had ever played, including playoffs, was 35 games. So that's a double from the year before. So I, either that or maybe he's more adjusted to it. You know, I, I think we both remember when Vasilevsky said, you know, I'm, I'm tired. Remember that? Yeah. I <laughs> remember when he told her, I'm tired. I played a lot of games. I'm getting tired. And we we're like, are you serious? <laughs> this guy's saying, why is he saying this? Um, and then he, all he did was go and win two cups in a row after that. Uh, I think that, that was probably like 2018, 19. Because ah, that was the year that they got swept. That totally was when he said that. Hundred percent, because he said that, and I remember we were like, "Oh boy, I don't know about this guy."
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, regardless, right? So um, the the nice thing for Gorgiev though is he hasn't like at twenty seven. You would expect maybe you know a guy at a number one spot having played a lot more games than he has, and so you look at his. That's true too. And and he hasn't really played any prior to this season. He he never played more than thirty four games. So um, you know, so he's got to still be a little fresh. You would hope. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess he
0: hasn't because he was mostly a, a 1B or a backup, you know. Yeah, prior he was a backup in, you
1: know, in New York. I so mean, 33
0: games, 34 games, 33 games. Like, he was he was a backup, but he was still, New York was kind of playing a second goalie quite a bit more um, a little earlier than other teams maybe, maybe were. But still, yeah, I mean, he had basically like 100 career starts by the time he went over to Colorado, 130 career starts, yeah. Um, anything else you want to hit on the avalanche?
1: Well, I, I guess the question is, is this the year of Kale McCarr and he gets uh, a Norris?
0: Oh, is this the year Kale McCarr breaks Eric Carlson's modern points record? Modern as a right. salary cap points record last year. He, he was 66 and 60 games year before 86 and 87 in 77. Um, what, what do you think? Does he put up a hundred points?
1: I don't. I You know what? I think that, you know, again, I, I think he's got a lot more talent up front than Carlson did, right? But I do think uh, Carlson just, to me, he's a whole other beast. Um, uh, not that I'm saying that Carlson's a better defenseman than, than Cal McCart by any means, but I, I think, you know, it'll take some time for him to get there and, you know, not have to rely on others a little bit more. Um, but I, I do think if he can stay healthy, it wouldn't shock me to see him put up over you know, another 20 plus goal season, like he did in 21, 22. And with this depth at the four group, now that they have, um, I could see him easily, you know, hitting a 90 point plateau or, you know, a 90 point season, um, and, and potentially getting that, that Norris trophy.
0: Yeah. It'll be fun to see the difference. Eric Carlson in Pittsburgh, um, with players on a team that wants to make the playoffs. Like, not that the sharks didn't want to make the playoffs, but they weren't going to make the playoffs. Right. Uh, so then they were able to almost have a little more freedom for him, for Carlson to just kind of like, just go out there and like knock the socks off of people. Uh, yeah. Then that, that would be the difference. Like Kale McCars on a team that is very serious about winning the Stanley cup. Like this is a cup or bust year again, regardless of Landis Um, you're only going to get so many cracks at this with this particular group at this particular, like with everyone in their, their pure prime. So, uh, it'll be, I mean,
1: you, you and go you've got it. Devin Taves in a contract year. That's so true.
0: That's true. Um, that's
1: his longtime partner. So do you want to get rid of that guy? You know, after this season, cause you know, he's going to want, he's going to want to get paid.
0: Yeah. You got to think Devin Taves is getting uh, similar money to Orlov would be my guess. I, I, yeah, would I would think that their that we... contract would be... And now, Orlov signed a very short deal, but I would think that it would be similar cap percentage that or, as Orlov what he just signed, which um, I know he only signed, what, two years, but Orlov's cap percentage is 9.3%. So that, you know, it go, cap goes up a little bit. You know, the, suddenly it's, it's probably over eight what Devin Taves is going to get, which I don't think... You know, when he was traded to Colorado from the island. I don't think anybody thought, Oh, this is an $8 million defenseman, but boy, has he ever uh, become one? Yep. Um, do you think, uh, like to you is Colorado, a team that like, are they like last year where, yeah, they had a good regular season, but like there's in the playoffs, like, do we see them winning another Stanley cup here? Or is the, like, do they have a shot? Uh, or is this the team that you know? Maybe they're they're that like they're not going to win the a whole bunch of rounds. They're fun in the regular season. They won their cup, and they're going to be a one and done.
1: Oh, that's a that's a loaded question. But I mean, I still think they'll contend. I think they have enough talent up front with that top line, um, with your back end, what the, the players you had back there. And I think if Gorgiev can you know, continue to produce at a similar, you know, those similar numbers that he had, 920, say, percentage, something like that, you know, you could still potentially have a cup because there's no team, in my opinion, in the West where I'm just like, they're way too dominant. There's no way Colorado can get past them. Um, I don't think, you know, there's any team miles above them. Now, I do think, you know, the Vegases and Edmontons will have something to say about that. But I, I still think Colorado can still compete with those teams well enough to get to a final, um, you know, and obviously yeah. who they face at that point is, you know, is a whole nother story, but, um, you know, I, I still think they can compete in the West well enough to, to win a cup if they need to, or not if they need to, but if they get there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd put them top three, most likely teams to win the cup out of the Western conference. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, well that is the central division. Do you want to, uh, do you want to give like some concrete, here's who's going to make the playoffs out of the central division?
1: Absolutely. Okay.
0: Let's, let's hear it.
1: I've only got three. I've got Colorado, Dallas, and Minnesota. Okay, so you've got
0: Winnipeg missing, and that means five teams from the Pacific, which is which is very likely. I mean, it's uh, last season. It was really a, a flip between Calgary and and Winnipeg. It was only two points separating them, so it wasn't wouldn't have been crazy had that happened even last year. Uh, so you think that some team in the Pacific is going to improve enough to uh, overtake Winnipeg. You don't yeah. seem to have a lot of faith in Winnipeg.
1: <laughs> no, no. I, because I just don't have a lot of faith in both Shifley and, and Hollabuck staying all year long. So that, you know, especially those last 20 games, it's just, it's going to be hard to, to, to battle for a spot. If you're right there at that bubble, especially because I, I believe, you know, again, those top three teams in the Pacific, I think are, are no doubt getting in there, but there's three teams below them in the standings who I think are going to be competing very hard for playoff spot, and I just don't think you know Winnipeg's going to be able to to hold on very well.
0: All right, uh, I man, it's just it's it's more of course more rare for only three teams to get in. Uh, so I, I I do think at the same time, man, there's there's always one team that doesn't make it, and. If I had to put my money on one of these teams that like would be the shocker of like oh my gosh I can't believe they didn't make it I think I'd put that money on Minnesota uh, not making the playoffs. So I I'm going Colorado, Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota uh, in the order of the division. Whether Minnesota makes the playoffs or not, I would agree it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tight race there for. Uh, for that final wildcard spot when Minnesota will be in the race. uh, But I, I, I'm not ready yet to say whether or not they will make it. So, uh, but but I actually think that Winnipeg is going to be better than people think. And I think that they are going to keep both Hellebuck and Shifley. And that will provide a ton of stability for the organization and it's going to make people want to come there. Like, you know, do I want to sign as a free agent long term in Winnipeg when I'm looking down the barrel of a gun at Hellebuck and Shifley leaving next year? No. But if I know that they're signed to five year extensions, eight year extension, however long it is, I go, OK, I'm comfortable with going there because I know I'm going to play with two very good players. We've got a lot of depth. We could win a cup. And Josh Morrissey is no slouch. Like Josh Morrissey had a huge year last year. We didn't even talk about him when we talked about Winnipeg. And uh, and I I think he's he maybe is Gulp the most underrated defenseman in the National Hockey League. Hmm. What do you think? Who's more underrated?
1: Yeah, from a defensive I... standpoint. Boy, that that's a that's a very good question. I mean, because with Morrissey, there were a couple of years where we were like waiting for is it going to be Morrissey or Piank? Who's taking over, right? And Morrissey basically, I mean, just cemented himself. In he that. exploded. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm the guy, right? I mean, honestly, I think Under if anybody bonus. else is more underrated, I might be. I might say Vince Dunn. Um, in my opinion, okay, but,
0: I can I can uh, I can get on board with uh, with with that one too.
1: Yeah, That's but you could flip a coin with either one of those guys and say this is it, and I would say okay, cool,
0: and, uh And then yeah, I mean now, I mean now Seattle doesn't see him necessarily as underrated because he they just paid him seven point three five million <laughs> for the next four years. <laughs> uh, but I think it's going to take you know Mor- Morris he's got a lot of years left. He's got another five years left on his deal at six point two five million. That's amazing. Um, that deal is only going to get nastier and nastier as time goes on. Right now, it's 7.6% of the cap. Soon, that's going to be 5% of the cap for Josh Horace, oh. which is just nasty. I mean, right now, 5% of the cap is like 4.2 million.
1: Well, Brent Brendan <laughs> Dillon is at 3.9, and he's at 4.7 of the cap. So you imagine like yeah. just a little bit br- better than that. Like, right. come on, that's, that's a steal.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, what a, what a deal that'll turn out to be uh, down the road, assuming he's there. But, um, yeah, that's, I think this team could be really good. I, I really think that they should have gotten rid of Blake Wheeler a year sooner. And I think that they saw that, uh, we had a lot of, I mean, we talked a lot about that, that, uh, locker room status and everything that was going on in there. And it seemed like they wanted to run it back one more time to see if they could refresh things and make it work. And I think getting rid of Wheeler and Luke Dubois, who just did not seem to want to be there. Uh, I think you're in a better position. I think, I kind of think that it's, it's a, you know, all the stuff, this is kind of going sidetrack with the Alex to And, uh, Tim Stutzla stuff about him saying that like, yeah, I mean, if Dabrinkit doesn't want to be here, that's fine. I mean, he can go, you know, he, he, he wants to leave. He doesn't want to be a part of this group. We wanted him to stay, but he wanted to leave. And uh, like that kind of attitude towards him uh, that Stutzla had. Did you hear that?
1: I did hear something about that. Yeah.
0: And I mean, of course, like the clickbait headlines were like, Ottawa or uh, Alex DeBrincat didn't like didn't like his teammates in in Ottawa or something and really it was just I mean all all they really said was you know he he wanted to leave and he said yeah I mean we we wanted him to stay but he didn't he didn't want he didn't want to and that's up to him he can go wherever he wants we believe in our group and it would have been great to have him and we think that he would have been like it would have been a better place to play essentially he had more people around him than he will in Detroit which isn't an unfair. Uh, analysis. He of course just wanted to, didn't want to play in Ottawa and that's fine. Um, but I, I kind of see it as uh yeah. An- oh my gosh. Man, an- oh, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. It's kind of, kind of a similar situation where it's like, I mean, things were going pretty decent for you here in Winnipeg and you just like, didn't want to be here. And I think that that attitude of having those people around that like, just don't want to be there it cannot be good for your locker room and it can't be good for like the culture of your team to have guys who are really good that go, yeah, I mean, I'm here to just like kind of collect my paycheck and, but I don't really want to have anything to do with this city. Like that's going to, that's going to bleed down throughout the rest of the team. So I think, I think this locker room, this team will be in a better position moving forward, not having both those guys and if I'm Gabe Velarde, Alex Aliafalo, I'm going, shoot, this team targeted me to come here and play for them. Uh, I'm going to play my heart out for this team.
1: Well, let me ask you. I mean, with with the leadership, right? Kind of essentially uh, needing a refresh now. Um, are you naming a captain for Winnipeg this season or are you sticking with some multiple alternates?
0: Hmm. Yeah, that is a good question. Um, I I guess I'm you're not going to name Shifley the captain if, unless he's going to sign there. But if he signs there, I think I'm willing to give him the C.
1: No, I think Morrissey's getting the C. I mean, if mm. you're going to name anybody, just yeah. give it to that guy right there.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. give him, give, give. That's uh, fine with me. Or uh, you or know just, he's hanging around. Or you know, if you can sign Hellebuck, just pull the Luongo, make <laughs> Hellebuck the captain.
1: I wish that was legal. It oh, is. Oh my gosh. No, it's not.
0: Well, I guess it was.
1: It was, yeah. But after Luongo was captain of Vancouver. They pretty much outlawed it. They said, "Nope, you, you got to have someone who's a skater. It's got to do oh. it."
0: Well, you that's know. sad.
1: It is sad. I know.
0: Well, um, yeah, I, I, I guess I didn't. I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah, no, no player, manager, or goalkeeper can be the captain of an NHL franchise.
1: It's disappointing. I know.
0: It's just. Uh, well, I guess you can't be the captain. On the ice in that sense, but you could be the captain from a locker room standpoint, right? Like you could say, Hey, he's our captain. Um, (laughs) It's actually when Luongo, this is what I didn't know. When Luongo was named the captain of the Vancouver Canucks, that rule was actually there as well.
1: Was it really? Yep.
0: Yep. Uh, Yeah. And they made Willie Mitchell handle all of the captains on ice duties and, uh, and then, you know, Luongo just kind of did the locker room duties. So see you, you could theoretically, you could have somebody um, as a goaltender, be the captain. But I remember Luongo being like, yeah, I just didn't like it, (laughs) (laughs) but, and, and goalies are weird, you know? Yep. They, I don't, I, the personality of a lot of goaltenders in the NHL particularly like particularly once you get to that level they tend to have some similar qualities um of guys that at least guys now that like i don't know if they'd be the best captain in the room anyways but i right. mean i would have loved to see like ed Belfour be a captain of an nhl team
1: <laughs> oh gosh or patrick <laughs> Watt? could you imagine that we're going out drinking tonight <laughs> 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 hey
0: have you ever had um Belfour's whiskey. Oh
1: yeah. I got a bottle of it's it. It's
0: good. Yeah. yeah it's good stuff. Is, I, I yeah. got a bottle of it as well. Yeah. It's very it's good, good stuff. Um, there's our, uh, I mean, he's not a sponsor of our show, but think about it, Ed, you could be, could be the first, could be, could, could be the first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, that's the central division. We made it through one division. We have uh, like one month left. Well, the regular season starts on the 11th. Yeah. So we're like literally we got one month, <laughs> one month. We've got one month to get through the other, uh, the other three divisions. So, you know, maybe we'll have to go faster. I don't know. Uh, but that is the central division. Wow. It took us an hour to get through the four teams in the central. That's pretty great. Um, we know our stuff, you know, that's, <laughs> 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 we can talk about things for a long time, folks. Um, But that is uh, the Central Division Preview. You can find us on Twitter at O.T. Hockey Talk. Let us know where you think these teams are going to fall. And uh, yeah, until the next time, we'll be doing the Metro Division on our next episode. And uh, we'll maybe try to knock out more than four teams. We'll see. Uh, Until then, we'll talk to you guys soon.